are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka, where I sit down and interview the top SaaS founders, like Eric Wan from Zoom. If you'd like to subscribe, go to getlatka.com. We've published thousands of these interviews, and if you want to sort through them quickly by revenue or churn, CAC, valuation, or other metrics, the easiest way to do that is to go to getlatka.com and use our filtering tool. It's like a big Excel sheet for all of these podcast interviews. Check it out right now at getlatka.com. Guys, Truve.me is trying to help students find that perfect college easier, not just get in, but also get out with a great job, a great experience, etc. Got started coding the company or building the company uh, in 2020, right before COVID. Now to date, he's got 12 customers signed up, about to get active here after Labor Day and their first cycle of recruiting. Each customer paying on average ten to fifteen thousand dollars per year. He's just trying to get early proof points to start scaling from here. A couple hundred thousand uh, raised in a seed round from some angels as he looks to continue to grow. And what I love about this is he's eating his own dog food. He's building this because his daughter had issues with her college admissions experience. Hey, folks, my guest today is Dave Hurwitt. He's an innovator. Over the course of his career, he's led the development and launch of new products and services from toothpicks to wind turbines that's gen- that have generated well over a billion dollars in sales. Today, he's launch- launching a company called... Tr- running, excuse me, a company called Truve.me, which helps students match with their perfect college. Dave, you ready to take us to the top? Absolutely. All right. I almost said I had to turn this interview down because you're joining from Charlotte and I'm a Hokie there in Blacksburg. So we'll... well-, well- well, the, the, the savior is it, it's Charlotte, Vermont. Oh, amazing. There we go. That's yes. perfect. Okay. But nobody oh, hates UVM. <laughs> All right. So how did you, I guess, first off, how did how did an executive like you end up in a company like True? It sounds like you'd have really done anything you wanted, but you were selling Whirlpools back in the day. Why not stay in that space? Yeah. You know, I spent my whole career developing new products and services. And it's just kind of how my brain works. I, I look at how something is working, how it's serving a market, and I iterate around it. Um, and I just can't seem to turn that off. So when I came into the college admissions market as a father, I started looking at the the deficiencies from both the student side and the school side and just couldn't help myself. This is a market in desperate need of uh, of total transformation. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you're just because you are the founder of the business and you launched from your own personal need. Correct. Okay. That's great. When did you launch it? What year? Uh, 2000, right before COVID started. Uh, 2020 or 2000? February. I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> uh, February 2020. Yes. So you know about a COVID that I don't know about. Okay, launched yeah. in 2020. <laughs> it, I think it just feels like it's been so much longer. Yeah. So what was it, daughter, son? What daughter? Okay. And, what was the pain point? Like you were sick of paying 200 dollars application fees. I mean, it help us understand the pain. Yeah. No. So you know, she was a, a kid with within the system that has relative privilege, right? She had two parents who'd gone to college. Um, she had a, a decent high school guidance counselor at her public high school. We hired her a private guidance counselor to help her through the process. Uh, and we put together a list. Um, we drove her out to the middle of nowhere in New York State to visit the first school. And we drove onto campus and she said, no, 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 no. I, I'm not even getting out of the car, dad. This is the wrong place. I said, well, no, no you're, you're getting out of the car. <laughs> um, but let's let's go tour and then let's talk about it. Right. So we went and had the tour. Got back in the car. I said, all right, tell you what, you jump on Spotify and improve the mood here with a better song. Um, and I'm going to jump on Yelp and we're going to find a great place to have dinner tonight. And we're going to talk this through. And Spotify and Yelp nailed it, right? Um, and it occurred to me that their matching algorithm is so much more sophisticated than how we were trying to make this quarter million dollar decision about where to go to college. Yep. So if you, if you sort of go from there and say, 
the biggest part of every school are the graduates of that school. They are the people that have achieved the success that every incoming freshman is looking for. And if you look at the statistics, it's really the problem in America with college is not getting in. It's getting out. The mm-hmm. average four-year, the average acceptance rate is about 70%. And I know that the, you know, the Harvards and MITs dominate the news at, you know, 3%, but they are a tiny fraction of the total market. And so for most kids, the, the problem is, where do I go? Because I can kind of get in where I want to go outside of a very narrow band. But then if you look at the four-year graduation rate, it's 45%. Um, it's basically half of all students will transfer or drop out from the first school that they attend. Mm-hmm. So we really wanted to refocus instead of this being about getting in, it's about getting out. How can mm-hmm. I find the place where I am most comfortable academically and socially? Because that's where I'm most likely to stick it out and be successful. Mm-hmm. So that's what our software aims to do. And how do you make money for the school pays you or the daughter pays? Uh, no, right now the model is the school pays. Schools are collectively spending about $15 billion a year on advertising, marketing, and admissions uh, costs. And this is a system that is profoundly unequal, right? Mm-hmm. There, There is significant advantage to the kids that have money, um, who have family history of education. And so I really, there's a very much of a mission orientation for us to say, how can we use technology to level the playing field? Not only for the students uh, that don't have the means coming into the system, um, but also for the schools that are sort of in that middle and lower tier of uh, of access and, and of and of financial stability. So Dave, what so do the schools? Help. What do they pay? Uh, they pay us a service fee um, in order for us to have them on the platform and to let them use our matching technology. So okay, so there's no unit based upselling number of uh, of, of kids placed <clears throat> something like that. No, right now um, we have just set one flat fee um, at kind of a crazy low price, honestly, to get started, to get some traction. Which is what? Um, um, well, I'd, I'd rather not get into the specific price, uh, just for you know competitive reasons. But it is a it is a small fraction of a of an admissions budget. Um, admissions, you know, typically the average fully loaded cost for one enrolled student um, it, at a private college is about twenty seven, twenty eight hundred bucks to to enroll one student. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you're trying to school, that's trying to enroll a thousand students as freshmen is looking at a, almost a three million dollar budget. Um, mm-hmm. And we are a tiny fraction of that. And we're really okay. looking. Honestly for a, those- D- Dave, this show is like heavy, heavy on economics. So I understand if you don't want to give a specific number, but guide us a little bit with a range, if you could just to get us in the right headspace. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we are probably in the, you know, 10 to 15 thousand dollar range um, where we price it in a way that says per, per month or per year per year. To start year. with, because okay. if I if I look at that budget right now, most schools spend about ten percent of their budget just buying the names of kids and plugging them into their spam models. Yep, yep, and, yep, yep. So that that model affords a certain amount of pricing. As we progress the product, we're going to be able to significantly raise that average price because we can displace all that junk mailing with better fit technology. And, Dave, you're and a pricing guy models. though. I mean, you've sold a lot of stuff from toothpicks to the the, the washing yep. machines. Yep. I mean, aren't you cutting yourself off at your knees a little bit by charging a flat fee for every college when one college might only enroll 50 and another one might enroll 5,000 and they pay the same price? Um, you know, potentially, but my biggest problem right now is trial. Uh, there is a lot of incentive in the current system to just keep doing what you've been doing. Um, and so looking for early adopters, I did not want, and nor do I quite frankly need price to be a problem. I don't need to squeeze every penny out. I need to get as many schools trialing this as possible because there is a small fraction of any market from toothpicks to turbines that are willing to go first. 
Um, well, so Dave, why not make it free? Free. Why not? Why charge it all? Why not make oh, it free? Um, because we have to prove that people are willing to pay for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ambition here is to to start out by building some of that product market fit, demonstrating that, proving that people will actually write checks for this and they value it, um, and then turn around and probably do a raise, an institutional raise um, in the next year or so. Okay. Uh, and are and, you bootstrapped today or have you already raised some pre-seed seed funding? Um, we have we have only raised angel capital at this point. So oh, pretty, pretty tightly bootstrapped. We like capital efficient. So what, raised under 200, under 300K? A um, little bit more than that. Um, okay. But- you know, we've, we've, we've done a good job with that, but we, we, you know, we needed to build the product. Um, and we are three and a half years into it. We've got, um, about a dozen schools signed up this point. Um, we are, they're, they're trialing or they're active. <clears throat> they're active. Oh, that's great. Okay. So, so, I mean, can we define active as you've placed at least one enrolled student at those schools? Well, for most of them, they've, they've signed up in the last few months. And so they're heading into the enrollment cycle. That's about to sort of kick off generally speaking, after Labor Day. So we're getting those guys in place. Um, and the the thing they get from us is the ability to use our matching quiz, right? So we we help, we administer their our quiz with their recent graduates that helps to build their specific school code. They mm. then use the quiz in their marketing. So they're out there sending email messages to prospective students saying, find out, you know, how much of a, ho- a hokey are you? How much do you have in common with um, the Tar Heels, um, mm-hmm. and and you can take this quick quiz, and it'll return to you some data about your social fit and your learning culture fit um, with each specific school. Understood. What what made? I mean, that's a long time to work on the MVP. 2020, 2021, 2022, first you know customers being onboarded. Now, what made this so difficult to build? Uh, well, COVID didn't help. Um, yeah. And the well, fact actually, that why, I, actually, actually, why did COVID hurt you? It should have helped you because people don't want to go do the in-person visits anymore. Shouldn't a virtual app like what you've built help in COVID? Yeah, from from a market standpoint, um, it definitely. The, I think everything has been leaning and continues to lean in our favor. I mean, affirmative action changes. Um, there's some other privacy changes happening with the SAT that that lean in our favor as well. So yeah, the, the market trends definitely continue to work in our favor. Um, how it affected us, uh, raising capital, um, not being able to do that in person, um, being able to put together a team of engineers. We outsourced a lot of that. Um, and just to be able how, to- How many of, are full-time today? Uh, we only have three full-time today. That's great. Uh, okay. So low cost base. How did you find the agency to trust with the early code? Um, one of our investors, um, so Bur- I, you know, Burlington, Vermont's a fairly small, tight community. The, the, the most successful SaaS company out of Burlington is a company called dealer.com. Um, and so I went in search of dealer.com folks. Um, and oh, I see. You're, within Burlington, you're only a few degree, degrees of separation from any one of those guys. Um, so I was able to, uh, meet, um, and build a relationship virtually with uh, one of the the co-founders of dealer.com, which went on to, to exit for about a billion dollars initially. Um, he was their CTO who turned into their CEO. Um, and he's led the product development side of the business, not technically as a founder, but he has put money into the business. Um, and you're sole founder, right? Besides this guy? Correct. Yeah, Correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so well, so that's from a, from a you know speed standpoint, it's definitely had an impact. The fact that I don't come from the college admissions business, I'm not a coder. I needed to build all that expertise, really sort of make sure that I was having us build this on a solid foundation of customer needs. And so I had to get to know the students, the schools, the independent counselors, the high school counselors. There are a lot of voices that needed to be 
heard in this process to make sure we weren't just building something that some guy um, from outside the industry thought was a cool idea. Well, Dave, how did you, I mean, look, there's a lot of folks in there, you know, I, I'm, I'm guessing your age, there's a lot of people in their thirties and their forties and I, I appreciate that fifties, but yeah, thirties and forties, but they're, they're going, man, I can't start a company. I've got kids, I've got expenses, et cetera. You've managed effectively to have no revenue for two and a half years um, yeah. and still yeah. take a risk on the business. I mean, what advice would you give to others that are sitting in a cushy corporate job, really wanting to leave and launch their own thing? How should they think about their risk profile? Well, it depends on what your priorities are, right? Um, you can either get to my age, which is, you know, just past the 40s. Um, but where you say, look, I, I, I live well within my means. This is something that's important to me. I have a very supportive, uh, spouse. So we communicate clearly about that. Um, and, and this is something honestly that I've been talking about for a few years. And she finally said, look, you need, you have to do this or you have to shut up and it's not talk about it anymore. <laughs> uh, and so we, we definitely prepared financially. Um, we definitely uh, have pushed a lot of chips to the center of the table and be willing to take that bet. Um, but I am sort of an eternal optimist. I'm a glass half full kind of guy. And and I believe this is going to work. And if it doesn't work, I will have had an amazing journey and, and learned a ton and built relationships and we'll go figure out what's next. But but I'm highly confident that that we're onto something special here. What do you need to see in the next 12 months for you to go? Yep, I'm in it for the long haul versus I got to kill this thing. It's just not going to work. Um, you know, we're trying to get to, you know, 30, 40 kind of schools. Um, at that point, I think there is a healthy market for in- institutional capital. Um, so that'd be this like is 300, not... 400,000 in revenue, something like that. Yeah, probably. Um, and I just, I think at that point we have enough critical mass. Um, and, and I'm not, I'm not going to sit and just wait because there's no, I think that's an important point too. There, there's no rule book. There's no sort of, these are the rules of the game and says, if you get to 30 customers or 300 or $400,000 of revenue, you're guaranteed the next step, right? There's no sort of, we give you the key to the next step in the, in the game here. It's not that way. I just think that if we build enough momentum, we get through enough of those early adopters and start to get other people and some momentum coming to us. There is incredible opportunity to move even further into this where we actually kill the entire junk mail model. And, and disrupt that whole side of it, which, which gives us access to an addressable market that's multi, multi billions of dollars. That is essentially the gateway to the trillion dollar higher education industry. So there's a, there's an amazing opportunity and it's really accelerated in the last nine months, I would say with, with AI, yep. both generative and, and predictive that, that impact us. And, and so I'm excited about proving that we have something special that people are willing to pay us for it and that there is actually even better stuff ahead. That just requires a different capital basis than I have right now. All right, Dave. On that note, we're out of time. Let's wrap up here with the famous five. One word answers, if you can. Number one, your favorite book. Um, I would say uh, where you go is not who you will be. It is a book about college admissions. Number two. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? Um, not one person in, in particular, no. Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building truth? Um, that's a great question. I, you know, honestly, I think, um, I'm going to, I'm going to shock you a little bit. I'm going to say TikTok. TikTok has been incredibly helpful because it helps me get in touch with what the kids are worried about. Yep. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? I'm not a huge sleep guy. My, my wife keeps preaching to me about it, but I'm probably a five hour kind of sleep guy. Fair enough. And, uh, well, you just said wife, so married and how many kiddos? Three, but they are not kiddos. They are, they're, they're all grown and flown and doing great. That's awesome. Okay. And you just said past the 40s. Are you, you're in your 50s, 51? I am uh, just about to turn 55. 
Oh, wow. Okay, great. Last question then. Something you wish you knew back when you were 20. Go ahead and take the risk. Uh, you're, it, it's, it's not a big risk and take, don't see it as a mountain. See it as one step on that mountain you got to take next. Guys, Truve.me is trying to help students find that perfect college easier, not just get in, but also get out with a great job, a great experience, et cetera. Got started coding the company or building the company uh, in 2020, right before COVID. Now to date, he's got 12 customers signed up, about to get active here after Labor Day and their first cycle of recruiting. Each customer paying on average ten to $15,000 per year. He's just trying to get early proof points to start scaling from here. A couple hundred thousand uh, raised in a seed round from some angels as he looks to continue to grow. And what I love about this is he's eating his own dog food. He's building this because his daughter had issues with her college admissions experience. So we'll see what happens next. Dave, thanks for taking us to the top. Thank you, Nathan.